This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Gordon, how are you? I'm good, Larry. How's everything tonight? All right? Uh, everything is great, my friend. Everything is great. Everything is great. Uh, we got a quick rundown for you because we're not going to be here very long. No. So here's a couple of the stories we'll be talking about on ESPN New York Tonight. Gordon Damer, one of them, it can only happen to the New York football giants. I'm sorry, Harvey. John Michael Smith and Daniel Bellinger injured on the tush push. The rookie center shoulder and tight end knee were hurt in the team's failed attempt on fourth and one in the first quarter of Monday's 24-3 loss to Seattle. It's something Philadelphia does very well, and apparently, Gordon, nobody else. (laughs) Yeah, they've mastered it, but apparently uh, no one else has mastered it, and right now the Giants have not mastered much, and certainly not that. No, they have not. Uh, bad news again. It continues. Daniel Jones today characterized his own performance very simply, Gordon, as, well, unacceptable. That's what he says. Unacceptable. He threw pick six in the third quarter, 24-3 loss, and now has thrown more picks in the first four games, six, than he did all last year, and that was five. Not a great sign, right? That was the question. Last year, they kind of scaled everything back. And that helped cut down on the turnovers. And one of the questions coming into this year was, well, if they ramp things up and and become a little bit more, uh, try to open up the offense some, will will the turnovers still stay down? They really haven't opened up the (laughs) offense. The offense has been dreadful. But yet the the turnovers have returned. And, uh, boy, it just feels like a complete mess right now for the Giants in every phase. Giants signed former O-lineman Justin Pugh to the practice squad. He was recovering from, recovering from an ACL injury. Giants, by the way, by the way Gordon, a 10-and-a-half-point dog against your Finns on Sunday. Yeah, it went up a point after last night. It was 9-and-a-half uh, I saw before the game yesterday, and then uh, I, I get the feeling it might go up uh, a little bit more. Uh, based on the, the performance last night that the Giants put up and, and really how they've looked all season. Yeah, it's true. Uh, over in Jetland, it was Aaron Rodgers making news today, Gordon, saying that he uh, still, if things go well and there's still a possibility of winning games late, uh, he is ahead of schedule and might be able to return this season. Uh- yeah, I, I just feel like that would be uh, a real reach. I know that he li- – Look, there's no harm in, in wanting to be back, but if this is someone you're going to have a multi-year relationship with who is the oldest football player currently playing right now and is coming off a severe injury, rushing him back on the field, and, and even if he were to be able to get back this year, is, is are the Jets going to be playing for anything when that happens? So uh, I think that it's best just to bite the bullet and, and not try to set some some record in, in terms of recovering from this injury. Rather, I, I think the Jet fans would be better served having him 100% healthy for next year and, and taking another swing at it then. Yep, I agree with that, Gordon. I really do. I really do. And uh, really, those are the st- subjects we'll be chatting about for the next 40 minutes or so here on ESPN New York tonight. Gordon, I got to say this. If you're a Jet fan right now, if you're the Jets, you are so happy to see what happened on Monday night because it puts you on the back burner. For the past couple of weeks, even though the Giants have, sketched, have, have, have struggled, okay, 
over the past couple of weeks, it's been really all about Zach Wilson and how badly he's played. It's been about this Jet defense not being as good as they said they were going to be. And now after after last night's game, Gordon, it's real interesting. It's not really just about Daniel Jones. It's not really just about the offensive line and the struggles they've had. But I'm hearing a lot of, of, of backpedaling on how good Brian Dable has been as a coach of this team. And you know, I know Don LeGrecker talked about it. There's some other folks who talked about it. This team looks like it's been outcoached on a number of fronts. I mean, you go back to that game in uh, Arizona, Gordon, the way the Cardinals started out, either the Giants took them lightly or they weren't prepared for them. They were outcoached in that game until, you know, the, the, the Giants made some adjustments. And so I know it. I know things change quickly here in the Big Apple, but man, you talk about stock up, stock down. Brian Dable's stock is down right now. Well, Look, last year it was a magical run from from the opening week until the season ended. Even though the, the the season ended the way it did, you you got into the playoffs, you won a playoff game. It felt like with a new regime and new people in charge that the 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 page had been turned on the on the on the previous mess and and the Giants the the future was bright. And even if you were someone who was looking at it, kind of realistically this year and thought, oh, maybe they might take a little bit of a step back. They are still in the process of, of, of digging out from the, the Dave Gettleman years. I don't think anybody, even the most negative Giant fan would have thought it would look like this. The Giants have looked like one of the worst teams in the sport. And if we're all going to say that the NFL is a coaching league, I'm not saying that he's the number one problem, but certainly a lot of criticism would have to come down on Brian Dable. The Giants have not looked prepared. They've not looked functional. Everything that you thought you had after last year is gone. And I know it's only four games. There's a long way to go. Maybe things will turn around. This is worse than anything that you could have thought was going to happen this year. Giants have been outscored by 76 points on the season, Gordon. They've been outscored 77 to 9 in the first half, 64 to 3 at home, 94-15 in prime time. Giants three points in two home games this season, the fewest points in their first two home games of a season in franchise history, and they are one of two teams as we mentioned last night this season who have a run an offensive play while leading the Jets or the other team. So, uh, you know, the offensive numbers have not been good and while and it's crazy because while the defense has not been awful, they really have not – last night might have been their best game, Gordon, to be honest. Yeah, they, they weren't really the issue last night, uh, even though they did give up – what was it, 24 points? I can't yeah. even remember what, it, what the final score was. It felt like it was 70-3. to three. Um, <laughs> No, the, the defense was not really the issue last night. Um, and, and while you can maybe quibble with it some – the other areas of the team are just such a dumpster fire, special teams and the yeah. offense and the offensive line that it doesn't even really bear mentioning the defense because that's so far down on the list right now. Now, it's not always been that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the, the, the Cowboy game, the tackling was dreadful. Certainly the Niner game, the tackling was dreadful. It wasn't good in the, in the Cardinal game. But right now it's like it's it's defcon 5 or whatever the highest defcon is it's yeah. that right now for the giants yeah. and it, it the 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 areas that are on fire that need the most attention it's not the defense it's mostly on offense it's mostly on offense gordon and listen i i get it you have to blame daniel jones for the for the pick sixes you have to blame him for the bad plays i understand 
But Gordon, the guy was running for his life all night. The guy was trying to make plays. He realizes that he can't get the ball to his, quote, big play receivers, unquote. Uh, Saquon Barkley's not out there to help him. Andrew Thomas is not out there to help him. Whoever that left tackle was shouldn't be on the team today. They should have tried to get rid of him or move him or put him back on the practice squad to bring somebody else up because he was a turnstile. I mean, so with, with, with all the criticism that Daniel Jones is going to get, Gordy was sacked 10 times and he ran for and he was and he was hurried a lot more. Everywhere he moved, there were not one but two Seattle defenders. It seemed like every play. Yeah, it feels like the quarterback is the symptom of the disease. The disease is that the offensive line cannot stop a soul. So, uh, yeah, did Daniel Jones make mistakes last night? Absolutely. Did that pick six end the game, essentially? Absolutely. So I'm not saying that he's not – he doesn't deserve blame. He does. But the offensive line is as bad as it's ever been, Larry. 11 sacks in one game. They were just teeing off, and they're not some great defense. So until they get that – like if you're drawing up a list of the things the Giants have to fix here or or try to fix before the season completely implodes – the offensive line is 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 the is the main focus right now because until they fix that, it almost feels like nothing else matters. Like, what are you gonna do if, if you don't improve that? It, it's laughably bad, and it's not been good. No, it's not. I, I came back to the station in 2017. We have been talking about the Giants' offensive line since 2017. It feels like, and 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 somehow, even with all the resources that they have invested in it. It's the worst version of it. Yeah. It's the worst version of the Jets or Giants offensive lines. Yeah. I mean, 11 sacks. That, that's amazing. And we thought the Jet offensive line was. Oh, bad. It, it, well, look, it's not exactly the five blocks of granite over there either, but um, at least they, they've improved it enough where it's not just the, I, I, the only term you can use is dumpster fire. That is what yeah. the Giants offensive line right now is. It is a dumpster fire. It is. It's really bad. It's really, really bad. And I don't know, uh, Gordon, uh, I, and I, and with a hamstring, I don't know when Andrew Thomas is coming back. Yeah, it, does, it seems like, you know, listening to the K show today, they had Jordan Ron on, on and uh, he said that he was getting close to returning and then had a setback. Oh, that's not good. So um, it's not good. That would certainly be a big help to at least get your left tackle back, but that's just one of the spots. You, know, you yeah. give up a giving up eleven sacks. That's not just missing your left tackle. That's your offensive yeah. line is 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 bottom basement. And again, it, it it it's it's primarily on maybe the talent, but it has to be on the coach. There's no way you can tell me that the Giants' offensive line or their offense in general is this bad. Like, they have more talent. They, like, mm-hmm. now look like a three-win team. They do. So, if you're telling me they have more talent... Now, I'm not going to tell you that they're a nine-win team, but they certainly have more talent than the three-win team. So, it, it's hard to make the case that Brian Dable and his staff are are doing a good job and, and getting the most out of what they have. They did that last year, did an amazing job, but boy, oh, boy, um, the the... Like, if you thought last year was a fluke, this year has kind of proven last year was a complete fluke. No doubt about it. 1-800-919-3776. Your calls are next on 98.7 ESPN. 
This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Thomas is a little more tenuous than I think Saquon because he suffered a setback. He was practicing and he tried to practice. It didn't work out last week and he took a step backwards. So now he's week to week. Barkley, on the other hand, he did practice throughout the week. I didn't see him do any lateral cutting. And when you're running back, that's kind of what you got to do, right? Like that's, that's like what your job is dependent on. So he has to get to that. But the fact that he did practice three days and he came out okay, that gives me a, a feeling that he has a chance this week. He has a chance to play. But the original timetable was three games. And we talk every time that you hear it, every time you, everyone's going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe with Saquon. He's this quick healer. He's this magic healer. He's usually out the whole full near timetable. And when he comes back, he's not himself right away. So I'm not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe for the third time with the ankle injury. I'm going to err on the side of caution. They might be another week. See him. Wow. Join run on with the update on Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley injuries on the Michael K show. It's hard to stay in Damer until the top of the hour on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, uh, I want you to hear what Chris Canty had to say on, on Sportsmanlike. He does the mornings on our sister station, 1050 ESPN. And he's just point blank about the Giants season. He says, Gordon, it's done. RIP to the New York Giants season. It's over. It's a wrap. The biggest issue that I have is that I let myself believe that this team could actually be good. Shame on me for being sucked into thinking that the Giants could build off of what they did last year. Shame on me. Why would I think that this is going to be a well-coached team? Because every time I get sucked in by this Giants team, they give me the old screw job. And they say, you know what? You can't trust this squad. And last night was the perfect example. And here was, if you're a Giant fan, this is pretty alarming. He says Brian Dabo reminds him of another Giants head coach. Let's not sit here and point the finger of blame at Daniel Jones. The person that we need to be pointing to today is Brian Dabo because it's giving me serious Ben McAdoo vibes. Well, and for people that don't know who Ben McAdoo was, he took over for the Giants in 2016. They were 11-5. and They went to the playoffs. The next year, they fired him 12 games into the season because they were 2-10. and And that's what the Giants are trending toward right now when you look at their upcoming schedule. I'm not saying the Giants are going to fire him because this guy won Coach of the Year and he won a playoff game. And so I guess that gives him a little more leash. But how much leash does he deserve? to have given what we've seen through the first quarter of the season wow uh gordon I, it's, it's a little early i think i mean i know he hasn't been great i know the team hasn't been great but you know do we do we now have to look at as we've been talking about joe douglas do we now have to look at joe shane gordon and look at the, some of the players that he's got i mean it's only his second year here he can't make wholesale changes right away no, uh, and I do think that, uh, you know, Chris is saying he got sucked in about the coaching. I feel like I got sucked in about the improvements, right? The improvements yeah. the Giants made yeah, to this offense. They got Darren Waller now. We all were, oh, wow, look at him. Uh, it turns out that the, the improvements are not nearly as uh, <laughs> improved as we thought. Um, well, look, if they don't start to – I think that the season in terms of playoffs or not is done. Right. Uh, I think they are kind of shot that way. But are they going to continue to get blown out by everybody? I mean, I they've essentially so. been blown out by everybody but the Seahawks, and they were blown out by the Sea. Uh, excuse me, uh, but, except for the Cardinals, and they were blown out by the Cardinals in the first half, and needed a miracle comeback to uh, to recover from that. Now, look, the Dolphins. Uh, people are going to tell me that oh, this is just your negativity. Sometimes they can they can have a little bit of a slip up. So so maybe the Giants can go there and and, and perform better. Uh, and, and maybe get a win, but the Bills, 
I don't think that they're winning that game. I think the commanders have certainly been. There's not a team in the NFL that's not been more competitive than the Giants. You're right. They've not looked good. No. There's, there's not. The only thing you could, you really have to go to the second half of Arizona. That's the best they've looked all year. It's the best they've looked. Yeah. That second half against Arizona. And I know the Bears are 0-4. Their point differential is minus 62. The Giants is minus 76. Now, they did get a win, but they've not looked – have they looked any better than the Bears have looked? I mean, they've looked – and maybe partly it is because the Giants have been on the national stage. Maybe that makes it look worse. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's almost – I mean, the Broncos lost a game by 50 points. And their point differential is lower than the Giants. And their record is the same. And it's really sad for the Giants because, you know, you're struggling and then you end up to struggle against the Niners and the Cowboys. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, look, we thought last night was going to be kind of a get-right game. Yeah. And it was, whew. They got that wrong, too. They got that wrong as well. Justin's in Newark. Justin, you're up on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, good evening, guys. How are you? Hey, Justin. Yeah. Um, first of all, I couldn't agree with Chris Canty more. Um, I've been saying this. I'm a big Jets fan. A lot of Giants fans coming up talking about Brian Dable, and I said, it's just one year. you got to be patient. I said, just because somebody had one good year and they were coach of the year does not mean that now that's it. I remember Matt Nagy um, of the Bears. He won coach of the year and was out the next year. Doesn't mean that I'm not rooting for him, and I hope he's successful. But, like, everybody got on the hype train so quick last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's hard not to get caught up in yeah. it, right? You, you've suffered through five years or how many years it was with Gettleman where it was a mess, and it was a mess even before Gettleman got there. And then all of a sudden these new guys come in, and they go outside the organization. They don't just go yeah. the same old route. And, and the guys they bring in – take the, 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 the scraps that they've been forced to deal with because they didn't have the maneuverability to go out and make moves, and they're able to get the team to not just be functional but to play really well and, and to get to the playoffs and win a playoff game. But I think we've now seen that that was, that was a complete fluke. I mean, you had to be encouraged, Gordon, yeah, as course. you mentioned. I mean, it's Brian Dable. You watched him. You watched the Buffalo team. He's going to bring that same – aggressive play, that offensive play calling, what he had. I mean, you know, he's going to bring it here to the Giants. And, and clearly, listen, we're, we're criticizing his coaching now. He he is a light years better coach than Joe Judge was. It's not even close. As bad as he looks right now, Gordon, he is light years ahead of what Joe Judge was. So you understand why Giant fans got happy. And and there was encouragement. A, and Really, Gordon, for the reason you mentioned, because they went outside the building for a change Mm -hmm. to do something to to get somebody like that uh, from another team, another organization to try to do some things. And listen, for Joe Shane's standpoint, it's really tough. I mean, they're still trying to get their type of players in here. And it just goes to show you, in in a sense, how bereft of talent they really were. You know, And, and the reason why he's got so many interceptions this year, Gordon, and last year, that was the concern, right? That was what everybody was talking about. Okay, now you have these weapons. He's going to try to throw the ball downfield. That could open up for some more turnovers. Both of these GMs made the same mistake. You have to fortify your offensive line if you're going to be serious about doing anything. 
Okay. I don't know what they saw in practices. I don't know what they saw in OTAs. I don't know what they saw in preseason. I don't know what they saw. But for them to go into the season with the offensive lines that they've had, with without looking earlier in OTAs to know that you needed to improve, obviously you don't know Andrew Thomas is going to get hurt. But it's a possibility, and you need to have somebody a little better depth for both of these teams. It's the same thing. Yeah, but I mean, they both they've used resource. I mean, the Giants, Andrew Thomas, who's missing right now, uh, and and when he comes back, you would think it's going to be a lot better. He was the fourth pick in the draft, and he's been yeah. good. Now he's hurt right now, and he's been banged up a little bit. But Evan Neal was the seventh pick in the draft. Seventh pick in the draft, Larry. The, the, the center, uh, the guy Schmitz. He he was a second round pick. They've used a lot of resources on the offensive line. And it has never been worse. Yeah. It was pretty bad. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it last night. It was like it's, they were just teeing off on him. It's like they were it's like they were in the offensive line themselves and just turned around and hit him. <laughs> it's like they were on his side of the ball. Yeah. And just turned around and hit him. That's the way it looked. Yeah, I, I mean uh, it doesn't really feel like there's any way to fix that, right? You have Not to just season. wait for Andrew Thomas to get healthy, and you have to hope that over the course of the year that that Evan Neal starts to play better. That would be a, a start, I guess. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like Evan Neal is is making that move in the right direction right now. In fact, it looks like he's he's kind of lost. Yeah, there was one play that I saw on uh, on NFL Live where they showed him he was actually blocking his own player. Yeah, that's the, that's. <laughs> He did a nice job, but you know that's not it's really not what the you guy. Want. <laughs> yeah, that's not really the guy you need to block. No, no, no. There's a guy in the other color. Yeah, the other exactly. Color that you yep. need to do, the other yep. color. And that, and as we mentioned, for them, unfortunately, the schedule doesn't get better. You, you're going to Miami, and then you got another primetime game with Buffalo in Buffalo. And and with Ugh. the way that they're playing right now, there are no e- they're the easy game. Who yeah. unless the Bears are on the schedule or the Panthers are on the schedule. Who's who's worse than them? And and uh, again, I haven't watched the Bears play in and play out like I've watched the Giants. I haven't mm-hmm. watched the Panthers play in and play out. But it's kind of hard for you to be any less functional than the Giants have been. They've had against the Niners, it was blocking and tackling. Last mm-hmm. night, it was primarily blocking. Yeah. Those are you can't. If you can't do those things, it's, it's not the minutia. It's not the, well, we called the wrong play call on third and, and seven. It's, it's fundamental stuff that they can't get right, and they don't look prepared. And they don't look any more prepared in week four than they were in week one. No, they really don't. They really don't. When we return, we'll turn our attention to the Jets. Harvey says, thank God. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Second to about halfway through the fourth quarter, I mean, we were off the field for, for most of that second half. And, and you know, it felt like we just ran out of time, truly. It felt like we ran out of time. And, and um, Zach was the main reason why, man. He, he, was, he was cooking. And, and um, yeah, it's everything that we've seen in practice. You know, Coach Salah Coach said that, and that's exactly right. At first, it was like he all the, all the weight was off his shoulders. It was Aaron getting the first team reps, and I really got to see it from a different, you know, point of view. I was I was just watching. So he was dotting the defense up, and this is in OTAs. I was talking about probably three, four months ago at this point. And, uh, you know, nothing changed when camp came around. And then 
you know, all of a sudden it was, you know, I'm out there with them. So I don't really, get to, you know, it's a different point of view. But yeah, man, that's how it felt. That's how it felt. And, um, you know, hopefully we can bottle that up, you know, take that in the next week. Gary Wilson chatting with Bart and Han this afternoon here on 9870 ESPN. Hard to see taking your phone calls at 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, let's chat with uh, Alexandro in Sycamore. He's next on 98.7. Hello. Hi, I really like your, I really, uh, uh, I really like your guys' insight. It's not like a knee-jerk reaction. I, I think you're very thorough. So uh, going along with the Jets, uh, two questions. Do you think this is a, a flash pan, or do you think the Jets and, and Zach Wilson are actually going to do well and compete? Well, we got to play that's, it out and see. First question. Yeah, we got to – well, hold on. We'll answer that one. We, we got to play it out and see, you know, and, and listen – there's more pressure on him this week than there was last week, Alejandro Gordon, because, you know, going into Denver, the way he played, you're expected. Here's what you're expected now. You're expected to see this team give you more of a well-rounded offensive effort, Gordon, because if you look at video of watching him throwing the football, that means you can't put eight, nine guys in the box anymore, Gordon. So now maybe we can see Brees Hall run and Dalvin Cook run a little bit. Yeah, if you, if you believe – if you believe in Zach Wilson or you don't believe in Zach Wilson, there's no reason why he does not perform well this week against the Broncos. I mean, the Broncos have given up 150 points in four games. So there's oh. they're not going to face a, probably an easier defense the entire season. So if Zach Wilson's going to follow it up, this would be the week to follow it up and show that last week was not a fluke. 100%. The other question is, do you think the new line with Tipman at guard – and, you know, Beckton back on his side of tackle and EBT a tackle. Um, you, you think that they're, they're significantly improved? And why is Tipman not playing center? Uh, thanks for the phone call and your questions. Tipman is not playing center because they like McGovern there right now. And there's probably some things that, you know, the center he's not up to snuff with from the center, playing him at the center position, A. And B, right now they need him at the guard position, okay, because now they, you know, they need him. Uh, on on that other side right now, with because because they moved Elijah Vera Tucker to the to the tackle spot. So right, they had to know. shuffle things as well. Yeah. And, and I think uh, in terms of the the grading, I think Tipman has done pretty well, uh, yeah. especially considering he doesn't have a lot of experience uh, in the NFL. He's a rookie and and all those type of things. But um, the the offensive line has not been the glaring issue that it has been at other times for the Jets. So I, I don't think they're going to switch anything up right now. They can't. <laughs> right. They don't really have a choice, right? Until Dwayne Brown is healthy again. So Yeah. And listen, let's be honest. You're you're holding your breath every game with Makai Becton. Yeah. Because Absolutely. he hasn't played this much, you know. Right. So you look in a while. So, you know, every game that he comes out of that, you know, you 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 know, it's like you're checking off on the calendar. Hey, he got out of that one. And the more he, you know, the more that he's able to go, the better he's gonna be and, and the more confidence he's gonna have. Because he's he's playing and he's out there. Yeah, um, it, it's it's one though that you just kind of cross your fingers at you every are. point, right? Yeah, definitely, no question about it. No question about it. Michael Parsons, you know Parsons has been like a, a, a legal aid defender of Zach Wilson since he left here, <laughs> since Dallas left here, uh, beating the Jets. And uh, he has the Parsons pod on Bleacher Report, and he says Gordon. I guess he listens to you too. People need to encourage Zach Wilson. 
I'm not the one to decide who's special and who's not special. You know, Zach Wilson is special in his own way, bro. Zach, bro, if you out there, I hope you win. I really do. I hope you win. I hope you grow into the player that no one thinks that you can grow into, bro, because there's a lot of people that's hating on you, brother. Hall of Famers, ex-pro players, which makes no sense. I get we all love the game of football, but at the end of the day, we got to remember, like, Zach is a human being, bro. Zach is a human. We don't use our platform to degrade other players. That's just not what we do. We use our platform to uplift people. We use our platform to talk good about people. Say, Zach, build confidence. You know, what? every person in this world just needs someone to believe in them, okay? And I'm big on that. And so is Gordon wow. Damon. I mean, look, I, I agree. Uh, confidence is a part of it, and I think that it, it, if, if Zach is going to play well this week, the, the fact that he actually produced last week will have to by, by, uh, by rote, it would just have to improve his confidence overall as well. Um, but it's not like the Jets have not had any confidence in him. The problem is the Jets have had too much confidence in him, <laughs> starting him right away, not bringing him back. I mean, they, they screwed up a lot of things because of their confidence in him. So uh, I agree overall that, that, that people, if you're a Jet fan, this is your guy. That you, there, there's no other, there's no door two or door three. There's only what's behind door number one, and what's behind door number one is Zach Wilson. So, I get it. You get frustrated at times when he when he has screwed up in the past, and it's only one game that would make you believe. But I think you're probably better off getting on board and and trying to support the guy the best you can. And to be fair, we're just commenting on what we see. Right, exactly. What else were we supposed to go on? You know, Joe Namath was commenting on what he saw. Okay? We comment on what we see. And even Zach Wilson will tell you he's been (laughs) god-awful. He would tell you. He knows. He knows. So, and, and I'll say this. Everybody has been praising him and giving him the credit he deserved for his performance in that game. Of course. Did he play perfect? Absolutely not. Does it mean that he's the number one quarterback of the Jets going forward? They found their franchise quarterback? No, it's one game. I mean, he's played well in one game before. It's will he? Will this be the time now with better weapons, the offensive line seemingly to go be a little better, an opponent that seems to be matched for them that even the defense can possibly get off the field on third down with? Can he back this performance, back that performance up with one on Sunday? That he has to stack up games. If he stacks up games, it'll change. Believe me, it's sports. It changes every time. It's fluid. Yeah, Stephen A. Yeah. It's fluid. And, and look, look what <laughs> happened uh, on 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 Sunday night was that he he played well, but at the end, it was his fumble that that that, that ended the game essentially. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but people are, are almost avoiding that, right? Like they're they're yeah. talking about the things that he did well, and rightfully so. The, the fact that he played as well as he did—that was kind of the, the story of the game from the Jets' point of view. That you didn't expect he'd get that, and and it wasn't just one drive or one throw. It was a good portion of the game. You've not seen him play at that level in an entire game before. He didn't do it an entire game, but he did it more on Sunday night than he's done it ever, at any other time. So uh, I think people are trying to to look at the positives. So he has to go out there and give us more reasons to to think that maybe he's turned a corner. Yeah, absolutely. And Gordon, that's on him. And mm-hmm. and Nathaniel Hackett, give me a similar game plan, but but add some runs in there. And let's see what we can do. Let's see if you can go out there and get a win on Sunday in Denver. 
there's that is a game that he absolutely has to play well, and that is a game that the Jets absolutely have to win. There's no the Broncos have been dreadful. Yeah, they've been bad. All right, my friend, be good on the radio tomorrow morning. I'll see you tomorrow night. Sounds good, Larry. That wraps up this abbreviated edition of ESPN New York Tonight. We thank you for joining us. Harvey Julian, thank you very much. Conversation continues right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.